The FedLife Podcast is presented by Serving Those Who Serve, a fiduciary fee-based financial planning firm serving federal government employees and retirees all over the country. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be taken as financial advice. All listeners should consult their personal advisors before taking any action. The opinions expressed by our hosts are their own and do not reflect the views, policies, or position of either Raymond James or Serving Those Who Serve. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Fed Life Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Sipe. In addition, I'm the branch manager here at Serving Those Serve and Lee Sipe Associates. I'm actually the founder of Serving Those Serve. So always excited to be with you. I will begin as I always do by saying thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And above all, thank you for your service to the government, to the country, to me, to everyone. You guys are the glue that hold everything together. You do not hear this enough. You're always going to hear it here. The other thing you're always going to hear here is the man, the myth, the legend, the guru, Ed Zerndorfer. He's back with us again as part of our ongoing mission to reach, teach, and serve you. At the outset, I need to say the opinions of our guest, Ed Zerndorfer, are not the opinions of Raymond James, who serving as who serve. And this podcast is presented for information only and is not intended to be taken as advice. All listeners should consult their personal advisors before taking any action. If you do not have a personal advisor, Hit us up serving this serve. I think we'll even have a link. I'll just point in all the directions because I never know where it's going to be. Attached to this, you can click on it, schedule a, a no obligation consultation. We will help you any way we can. Today, we have a biggie. Ed's in myth mode in a lot of his articles lately. So be sure to check out the Fed Zone. That's fedhyphenzone.com for this article, which is debunking 10 myths about the Federal Employee Health Benefits Program, and Medicare. And Ed, this is awesome. I am so happy that you wrote this because we see it all the time in our planning. There's a lot of misconceptions regarding FEHB and Medicare. So thank you for writing this. Let's jump in with number one, and that is Medicare is free. Tell us about that, Ed. Dan, I just want to say this, that ever since I enrolled in Medicare about eight years, almost eight years ago, I've been on a mission about trying to help senior citizens, those over 65, to help them get through. Because unfortunately, there's so much going on, one of which is a lot of senior abuse. I'm sure we heard about it. And there has been senior abuse when it came to Medicare, in which- Senior citizens were sold a bill of goods in terms of Medicare supplement plans, Medigap plans like that. So this has been my mission for the past eight years to get, let's get the record straight here. And also during the years, I got to the years, I've gotten many questions from federal employees about, about Medicare. Why do I need Medicare? I got my federal employee, things like that. So I thought it would be very important to write a Fed Zone column, which recently came out entitled Debunking the 10 Myths about the Federal Employee Health Benefits Program, FEHB, and Medicare. So myth number one is you say Medicare is free. Well, Medicare is not free. We have to clear, let's set the record straight. When you're working, and this applies to anybody, whether you're in federal service, you work for a state, you work for a city, you work in private industry, it makes no difference. You are pay, you're getting a salary and payroll taxes are being taken out, federal income tax, saving income tax, social security taxes in most cases, and Medicare Part A. Medicare Part A is what is called the hospital insurance tax, 
How much is it? It's 1.45% of your wages, no matter what your wages are. It could be $10,000 a year. It could be $10 million a year. They're always taking out the Medicare payroll tax. The employee pays 1.45% and the employer matches that. Here's the rule, Dave, that if an individual has paid that payroll tax for a minimum 10 years, any time during their lifetime, they could have started working when they were a teenager. Maybe they went into the military. They were being paid while they were on active duty. They were taking out the Medicare tax. Then they got their first job and they got another job. If they've been paying that payroll tax for a minimum 10 years, any 10 years, when they turn 65, they are eligible for Medicare, Medicare Part A, which is called the hospital insurance tax. And Medicare Part A is free because the premiums were prepaid. Got it. But if you're eligible for Medicare Part A, that makes you eligible for the other parts of Medicare, which are not free. What are they? Medicare Part B, the medical insurance. Medicare Part C, now known as the Medicare Advantage Plans. See, they used to be called the Medicare Choice Plans. That's where the C came in. And then Medicare Part D, the prescription drug program. Medicare Part B, Medicare Part C, and Medicare Part D are not free. Only Medicare Part A. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, that's important info. Now let's extend into myth number two, which is, hey, Medicare has no deductible. What do we have there, Ed? That is not true. That is absolutely not true. All parts of Medicare, let me just say Medicare Part A, Medicare Part B, and Medicare, and Medicare Part B and Medicare Part A, Medicare Part A and Medicare Part B do have deductibles. Why do I say that? Because when you enroll in Medicare, let's say A and B, Medicare A and B do not pay for everything. On average, Medicare Part A and Medicare Part B pay on average there 60 to 80% of a hospital bill or a doctor bills or a lab or a laboratory blood test, you know, go to blood tests or medical equipment you got to buy. There are deductibles. It's part of the 20 to 40% they don't pay. They don't pay. Now, Medicare, I always say Medicare Part A, Medicare Part B are not enough. You need what's called a Medicare supplement plan. A Medicare supplement plan. What's an example of a Medicare supplement plan? The federal employee health insurance. Federal employee health insurance. So the idea being this, whatever Medicare Part A and Part B do not pay, including those deductibles, Dan, your federal employee health insurance will pay the deductibles. For example, this year in 2000, 2023, the Medicare Part B premium is $226. I went to see my doctor in January for my annual physical. Okay. I had that the Medicare Part B is primary. Okay. Whatever the cost was, $500, whatever it was. But of the $500, Medicare Part B did not pay the $226 because that was the deductible. The doctor submitted the balance of that, that visit to my federal play health insurance company, and they paid the $226. Now I've met my deductible for the year for Medicare Part B. So you never really pay, but I want to clear understanding. Medicare A and B, the same thing is true for the hospital visits. Medicare Part A has a... Um, 
a deductible. I forgot what the amount is. I didn't think I'd even go to the hospital this year. But the fact of the matter is the Medicare supplement, which is the federal employee health insurance, if you're a federal employee, or if you, if yep. you let's say you, you're, a pro, uh, you're not a federal retiree, you're not, you're not a, a federal retiree, you have a private Medicare supplement plan or a Medigap plan, they will pay the Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, number three may surprise some folks out there, and that is that as a federal retiree, you're not going to be automatically enrolled in Medicare. Right, Ed? That is correct, Dan. Now, has it ever happened that a federal, let's say a federal retiree or anybody, because you know everybody, everybody's covered by Medicare, was ever enrolled automatically in Medicare at, 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 at age 65? The answer is actually yes, because here's what it comes down to. Medicare and Social Security are basically tied together. They're tied together. I say that because, for example, when someone is enrolled in Medicare Part B, the medical insurance, they're paying a monthly premium. That monthly premium is deducted from their Social Security check comes off the top, like myself. I'm getting Social Security and my Medicare Part B being deducted. So the question is, when can you enroll in Social Security? As early as age 62. You can enroll, this is your Social Security retirement benefit. I have size of your retirement benefit. You can enroll at 62 or 63, 64. I'm not going to get into the issue of what, if it's a good idea or a bad idea. I'm just giving the facts here. So you can enroll in Medicare. I'm sorry, Social Security, and enroll and start um, receiving your Social Security monthly retirement benefits, 62, 63, 64, before you're 65. If you do, then when you turn 65, Social Security will automatically enroll you in Medicare A and B. But if you do not sign up for Social Security when you're 62, 63, 64, like I didn't, I didn't sign up for Social Security until I was 70. Sure. So when I turned 65, I had to formally enroll in Medicare A and B. And by the way, gotcha. if someone is inside, signs up for so they, they start receiving their Social Security before 65, and they turn 65, and all of a sudden, Social Security enrolls them in Medicare A and B, could they have to stay in Medicare A and B? No. They can contact Social Security as, I don't want to enroll in Medicare. So they can disenroll. In other words, just once they're enrolled, they don't have to stay enrolled. They can disenroll. As gotcha. far as Medicare Part A is concerned, probably no reason not to stay enrolled because it's free. There might be a reason not to sign up for Medicare Part B. Sure. Number four definitely has confusion around it, and I think you're going to have a lot to say about this one. And that is federal retirees are encouraged to enroll in private Medicare Supplement and Medigap health plans. Have I gotten this question over the years sure. from federal retirees? Ed, where do I go to get a, a Medicare supplement plan, a Medicap plan? I'm getting, I'm being bombarded with advertisements from ARP, from these these private uh, healthcare brokerages. You know, they they're bombarding me. They're sending me emails. They're calling me. Enroll. What do I do? I said, do nothing. What do you mean, do nothing? I, can't, I mean, I, I was told I need a Medicare supplement plan. I said, are you a federal, you've got a retiree? Do you have your, your federal health insurance? Yeah. 
I love my health insurance. You got it. You have a Medicare supplement plan with the Federal Employee Health Insurance Program. You don't have to sign up for any private plans, any, any private health insurance that, that offer medic, private companies that offer Medicare supplement Medigap plans. You got it right there. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Absolutely. Folks, this is why we do this. Billy. This is why we have the webinars every single month. Okay. And we're trying to find all kinds of new ways to get this word out because it hurts our heart that there's people walking around out there saying, oh, wow. Yeah, I guess I better buy this because I don't have that. Yeah, you do. Ooh. And number five is a big one, Ed. Yeah, don't we just say, Dan, we have the FE, we have our webinar every month, every month entitled the the Federal Employee Health Benefits Program, Medicare and TRICARE. What is the relationship? TRICARE, for those of you who may not know, TRICARE is the group health insurance program covering retired members of the uniformed services. Everything is interconnected. So please, if you have not attended an FEH being Medicare and, and Medicare, and TRICARE webinar, we hold them every month. Please sign yep. up. It's free. We yep. had one just recently. Dan, we got a lot sure of questions. Did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. What We didn't break a record on our answers, but we got close. Okay. Number five is a big one. And I'm going to try, I'm going to try and, and use my acting chops here to, to be the person who's asking this question because we see this come up in the webinar. And it's if a Fed has FEHB and Medicare, they're overinsured. And I know you disagree. So here I am. I'm asking the question. Ed, it seems to me if I have FEHB and Medicare and I'm paying for both, that I'm overinsured. What gives? Well, fact of the matter is you're not overinsured. Let's be clear on the terminology, Dan, in terms of if a federal retiree Six, over 65, has enrolled, let's just take Medicare A and Medicare Part B. That's the original Medicare. They're retired from federal service, Medicare A and B, known as the original Medicare, is the primary payer. Paying on average, Dan, 60 to 80% of the hospital and, and, and other medical and medical bills like doctor visits and, and, and lab work and medical equipment. And the FEHB is the secondary insurance, paying whatever Medicare does not pay. And I'm going to give the, the real proof here. I've been enrolled in FEHB insurance, that's my Medicare supplement, as well as Medicare A and B for the past almost eight years. Dan, I haven't paid one penny to a doctor, to a hospital, nothing. If you ask me, Ed, what are your deductibles? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) What are your co-payments? What are you talking about? Co-insurance, what's that? I don't know what it is. I never gotten a bill from a doctor. Everything's paid 100%. It's you're not overinsured. The two coordinate. They are coordinated. And the federal boy health insurance companies, trust me, are delighted that you're enrolled in Medicare A and B. Why? Because they're paying a lot less for the medical and hospital expenses. They're secondary. 
And you say, well, I'm paying full premium. Well, reality, you don't have to be in a more expensive FEHB plan because since FEHB is secondary and Medicare is primary, if you have a, a more expensive, you're enrolled in a more expensive FE plan. For example, let's say you're in low deductible. Low deductible. By the time you sign up for at the time you sign up for Medicare, you really could afford perhaps to go. You really will save, I should say, to switch to high deductible, which the premiums will be lower. Why? Because your FEHB plan is secondary to Medicare, or you have you have you have standard coverage. You could drop down to basic. Now, please, this is no word advice. You need to check with the plan. Absolutely. You need to check with the plan. I want to give you two examples where you may not be able to do that. Myself, when I turned 65, my wife, who's on my F, who's on part of my FEHB insurance, she was 61. Sure. She's not, she's too young to sign up for Medicare. Fine that I'm enrolled in Medicare. I can't drop down to something from basic, from standard to, 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 to basic because she's on it. She can't be on basic because she has some medical expenses. Whereas I have, the me Medicare is my primary payer. Now, when she turns 65 and rolled the Medicare rate, that's when we switch the base. Now, the other issue is that you may have certain expenses that Medicare may not cover, and you need a more expensive FEHB plan. You need to, ch to check with your doctors, your labs, things like that, given your condition. Do not take this as blanket advice. Switch your Absolutely. FEHB please. Gotcha. Hopefully your doctors also in general. 100%. Number six is one that I know there's a lot of misconception around, and that is that federal retirees have to suspend FEHB in order to enroll in Medicare Advantage plan. That couldn't be further from the truth, Ed. Tell us about it. Yes, Dan. It's almost the time of year, Dan. Aren't you excited? It is. It is. What I look is forward October to it every 15th? year. Every year. October 15th through December 7th is open season. It's called the annual enrollment period in which anybody who's over 65 can enroll in a Medicare Advantage plan. I don't know what your mailboxes look like in these days, Dan, but my mailboxes are bombarded with advertisements about Medicare Advantage plans. And I have to say, some of these plans are very good because they give you a, a comprehensive healthcare in terms of medical benefits, dental, and vision. Some of them are very good. About, last year, I think there were 43 plans. Now, can a federal retiree who is enrolled in Medicare A and B suspend their FEHB? Notice I use the word suspend their FEHB coverage to maybe during this open season, October 15th. To maybe join one of these um, Medicare Advantage plans, they can. There are two reasons one can suspend, and the reason I'm saying suspend as opposed to drop. You're not dropping your FEHB when you want to suspend your FEHB plan. One to, to maybe to try a Medicare Advantage plan, or the other reason you could suspend your FEHB is to get into Tricare if you're a military retiree. Suspend means you're going to try it out. You, go, you went out of the federal employee health insurance, but if it doesn't work out, you will come back into the FEHB insurance. When you drop your FEHB in, in, insurance in retirement, you never can get back in. That's the 11th commandment, Dan. Thou yep. shall never in retirement drop your FEHB insurance because you're never going to be able to get back in. 
But getting back yep. to the medically invasive claims, that you can do that. But here's the point. You're on your own. You got to find your own plan. Okay? And you're going to be paying full premiums. Yes. Remember that when you are a federal employee enrolled in the FEHB insurance or any, any insurance plan, no matter what type of coverage you have, self, self plus one, self and family, when you're a federal retiree and you're enrolled in the FEHB program, no matter what type of coverage, no matter what plan, what type of coverage, self, self plus one, self and family, the government is paying, Dan, on average 72 to 75% of your premiums. That's a Absolutely. blessing you're having. Trust me. 100%. That's why I keep saying, here's an old guy that will, I'll hold on a sign. It won't say it will work for food. I'll do five years at wage grade. <laughs> okay. Just to get into yes. the program. Ha- happily yes. do it. Just let me know. You know where to find me. Yes. So, uh, but the, here's the point Dan I want to mention. That the FEHB program offers its own Medicare Advantage plans. You do not have to suspend your FEHB insurance this coming open season. We have an open season coming up. It's every year. It's going to be this this year, the second Monday of November through the second Monday of December. Every year we're having. And we might have some federal retirees move. It's this open season coming up here. The annual enrollment period. Hmm. These plans, you know, I hear, I watch on television. They'll get free ambulance rides, and they're going to get free gym memberships, all the window dressing they, they do to these plans. Well, yeah, you could try it out, suspend your room, but you don't, you, there's no need to because you have your F, you have within the Federal Boy Health Insurance Program uh, Medicare Vantage plans, and you can enroll in one during the open season. Also, if you enroll in a Medicare Advantage plan, Within the Federal Employee Health Insurance Program, the government will pay 72 to 75% of your premiums. If you go in, in private and, and during the annual period, you, you pick a private Medicare agent plans, the government's going to pay nothing. Pay gotcha. nothing. So please, as I say, That's- these Medicare Advantage plans can be very, very attractive. They can nearly work out. The one word of caution, one other word of caution. That if you like your doctors, you like your dentist, you like your optometrist, you like your neurologist, and you want to stay with them, I wouldn't go into Medicare Advantage because it's an HMO setting day. Sure. That may not be the best thing if you have favorite doctors. Gotcha. We, again, we cover this, we cover this during our monthly FEHB and Medicare webinar. We emphasize this. Every single month. Yep. Number seven is a tricky myth, and that is original Medicare includes prescription drug coverage? And the answer is it does not. It does not. And when Medicare came out, came out, started in 1965, that was Medicare A and B, the original Medicare, prescription drug expenses were not all that, I mean, the prescription drug expenses over the years have gone way up to the point that we had, we had really the 90s and early 2000s where healthcare costs were skyrocketing. Or skyrocket. There was a big push to have Medicare offer prescription drugs. So during the second Bush administration, legislation was passed adding Medicare Part D prescription drug coverage, a separate part of Medicare. And that started in 2007. 
But here's what you, the, the, what our listeners have to know about Medicare Part D. Medicare Part D was designed for catastrophic prescription drug expenses. How do I personally define catastrophic? If you're paying more than $5,000 a year out of pocket for your prescription drugs. He says, boy, that's a lot of money. Yeah. There sure. are so, may this never happen to anybody, Dan. You're talking about maybe some, somebody has uh, cancer and they're on an experimental drug. Fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. Oh, yeah. Our plans, there are some Medicare Part D plans. You've got to choose a plan. It's not, sometimes it's not easy to pick a plan, a pick a, a plan for your Medicare Part D coverage. Uh, it's gotten a little easier. There are some you know, programs out there and there are, there are me- Medicare will help you. The Medicare uh, Center for Med- Medicare and Medicaid Services is, could be assistance. There's an open season between October 15th and December 7th for that as well. But again, once again, a individual would not want to enroll in Medicare Part D unless they have catastrophic drug expenses. Now comes the question. Here, a federal, a federal retiree. I enrolled in Medicare Part A, Medicare Part B. I did. I heard because if I didn't, you know, I, I didn't sign up for Medicare Part B when I was first eligible. I'm going to pay a penalty. I heard all the rules. We talk about you have to enroll in Medicare Part B when you're first eligible. Doesn't always have to be 65. It depends when you retire from federal service. We talk about that during, sure. during, during the, our monthly uh, webinar. But here's the point. And I've gotten this question so often. Do I need to sign for Medicare Part D? Suppose I'm retired. I retired at, at 65, enrolled in Medicare Part D, Part D. I'm healthy. Yeah. Ten years later, I get very ill. And I need prescription drugs that are super expensive. Five, ten thousand dollars a year. And I need Medicare Part D. I didn't sign up when I was part B. Am I going to be penalized? And the answer is no, you will not. Why is that? The Federal Employee Health Insurance Program and TRICARE for Life, that's for retired members of the Uniformed Services, are considered, and this is in the jargon of the Center for Medicare, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, and this is their jargon. Because the Federal Employee Health Insurance and TRICARE for Life have what's called credible, credible prescription drug coverage, a federal retiree, a uniformed services retiree does not have to sign up for Medicare Part D when they enroll in Medicare. If they have to sign up later because they incur these very high prescription drug expenses, catastrophic, they can sign up during an open season held between October 15th and December 7th every year with no penalty. That word credible is very important. I will also tell you, I also tell you, Dan, that there's been a lot of abuse with private companies, insurance companies selling prescription drug brands. Because that's what the single S has has contracted. With private insurance companies to sell prescription drug plans, just like the Medicare Advantage uh-huh. plans. There has been a lot of abuse in there. A lot of people have to be very careful about that. Very careful. Gotcha. Gotcha. Number eight is kind of a cousin of number seven, and that is that Medicare does not cover dental, vision, or hearing. Um, 
That's Medicare Part B. Medicare Part B, Medicare Part B does, generally does not. If someone has excessive dental, has high costs for dental, high costs for vision, hearing aids, then they may want to look into a federal retiree to enroll in Medicare Advantage plans because the, metro, the Medicare Advantage plans offer medical, dental, and vision benefits, including hearing, under an HMO setting. HMO said, if someone does want to sign up for Medicare and Medicare, if a federal retiree does not want to sign up for Medicare Advantage, they have Medicare Part A, and they have excessive dental and vision uh, hearing aid expenses, they're going to have to buy separate dental insurance, separate vision insurance, or separate hearing aid insurance. Now, it's gotten a little more competitive now for hearing aids, I noticed. And where can they find that? Well, one place they can go to is the Federal Employees Dental Vision Insurance Program, FedBit. FedBit. And it offers separate dental, separate vision insurance. And I think there might be some hearing area under the, uh, might be under the, some, they're going to offer some eventually, I think, hearing, hearing in that, in that program. There's no gotcha. five rule requirement. If you never had any of the dental or the FedBit dental or vision plans when you're an employee, you can get it in retirement. You do not. You not had. You did that. There's no five year participation rule like there is with the federal employee health insurance. Gotcha. Okay, we're we're down to our last two myths here. So, and number nine is huge, and that is federal retirees can enroll in Medicare Original Medicare at any time. Not so, right, Ed? That's not true. Okay, there are three distinct periods for enrolling in, in Medicare. And was enrolling in Medicare. The first period is called the initial enrollment period. The initial enrollment period. The initial enrollment period is a seven-month period centered on the month you turn 65. So the month you turn 65 is the middle month. Go back three months and then go forward three months. For example, I was born in January. I turned 65 in January 2016, so I enrolled in Medicare in October, which was three months before that, in Medicare A and B. I had any time between October 1st, 2015, and April the 30th, 2016. That was my seven-month period. That's called the initial enrollment period. Then we have the general enrollment period. Every year, Medicare has a general enrollment period that runs from January 1st through March 31st of every year, in which a someone can enroll in Medicare A and B, Medicare Part A, Medicare Part B during that time, with coverage taking effect the first day of the next one. So if you retired, if you enrolled in Medicare and B in January that year or a particular year, coverage takes effect February 1st. But here's the problem, Dan. If someone did not sign up during their initial enrollment period, they blew the seven-month period, then they're going to have to wait to the next general enrollment period, gotcha. which will be the following January 1st. If it's been more than one year since they were, they were supposed to sign up during the initial enrollment period, they're going to be paying a penalty, a late enrollment penalty. And what is that late enrollment penalty? It's 10% of the Medicare Part B premium, uh, the first, what they call the first income tier, because what you pay for Medicare Part B yep. depends on your income, depending Ten. 
and the higher your income, it's called these are called income tiers. It's the first, it's what's called the first income tier uh, premium. 10% of that for every full year, by the way, full year that you were late signing up. So if you were late eight months, no penalty. If you were late, if you were, if you were late 18 months, 10% penalty. Has to be a full year. Gotcha. And then we finally, we have the other, the other enrollment period. It's called the special enrollment period, the SCP. If you are a federal employee and you decide that you're going to work past 65 and you are enrolled in the Federal Employee Health Insurance Program, you do not, you turn 65, you certainly can sign up for Medicare Part A. You can sign up for Medicare Part B, but in reality, you should sign up for Part B. Why? Because you're still working. And as long as you're working, your federal employee health insurance will be primary. And because you're still working, you're going to have higher income, you're going to end up paying more for Medicare Part B because you have more income. So when would you gotcha. sign up for Medicare Part B? Once you enroll. Once you enroll... I'm sorry, once I'm sorry, once you retire. Sorry, once retire, you retire, once you stop working. Yep. Once you stop working, then you have an eight month period, eight month period starting on the effective date of your retirement to enroll in Medicare Part B and not be subject to a late enrollment penalty. Give me an example. And I had one of my clients do her taxes. She retired from federal service on December 31st, 2022. It was past December 31st. And she was 68 years old when she retired. 68 years old. So her, she was enrolled in Medicare Part A. So she said to me, when do I sign up for Medicare Part B? I said, your eight-month enrolling period starts as of January 1st, 2023. And it ended on August 31st, 2023. Reason I'm saying that is she calls me up on August 21st, about two weeks ago. You said something about signing up for Medicare Part B. I remember you saying something about that. I haven't done it. What's the deadline again? Oh, 10 days away. That was last, that was last, that was last Thursday. She signed up last Tuesday. Because she retired on December 31st, 2022, the effective date of her retirement was January 1st. So that's when the gotcha. eight months ended. Eight months later is August 31st. Gotcha. Well, thank goodness she called you. Glad <laughs> right, she did. Better, be, better then than in November. Okay, final one here. And really important for our traveling retirees. So myth number 10, Medicare. Pays for medical expenses in foreign countries. That's not the case. There's no Medicare coverage overseas. It, it, I don't know of anybody who told me they were overseas and got some and got sick, but they had to go to the hospital and they were enrolled in Medicare. I don't think they, 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 no one has told me that that some of the stuff was covered by Medicare. So let's assume it's not. Therefore, if gotcha. you are a federal retiree and let's say you do a lot of traveling overseas, overseas. Please check with your FEHB plan to make sure that they will cover foreign expenses. Uh, this is particularly important if you're in an age, particularly if you're enrolled in an HMO. 
because HMOs generally are very geographically centered, and there may not be any thing sure. that was to cover the HMO. Um, also, I get this question a lot, Dan. Ed, I'm going to I'm going to retire overseas. I'm going to retire overseas. I'm going to keep my my U.S. citizenship. Is it really worth signing up for Medicare Part B? Medicare Part A, I had no problem because it's free. So why do I need to pay for Medicare Part B? But I'm not going to be, I won't be using it because I'm overseas. I said, you might use, what are you talking about? You may have to come back to the States for a medical procedure. Never say never. You might have to come back. So it's worth signing up. I know, I know it, you're paying for Medicare Part B, but you, you know, it's like everything else when it comes to ins insurance, Dan, and I include Medicare. You're paying a relatively small amount, a uh, small amount of money to protect yourself against a financial catastrophe. Yep. So it's worth it. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, Ed, this was a huge article and super important. Thank you, sir. I got a feeling this is gonna this is gonna head off a lot of problems for a lot of people. And as always, I thank you for everything that you do for us in the federal community, especially what you help our team with our own education and and learning. And folks, that is a wrap. We will see you, and now you can see us at the next podcast. We are serving those who serve, so be sure to subscribe to this podcast on our YouTube channel and Spotify. Share it with your friends. Share it with strangers. Check us out on Twitter and LinkedIn. Do not forget the live webinars every single week. Just go to SWS website, swserve.com. You'll see the webinar button. Click it. Takes you to the landing page. Whole menu. Pick all the ones you want. The guru will come to you. He will reach you, teach you, and serve you where you are. Sign up for one, sign up for all. Share it with your friends. They will thank you. Be sure to read Ed every single week in the Fed Zone. That's fedivanzone.com. He's there. Can't miss him. And they're all archived and searchable. And don't forget to sign up for the weekly serving. That's Ed and all the other Fed stars coming straight to you in your inbox. Don't have to go look. So for Ed, the crew at Serving News to Serve, and me, Dan Sype, I will sign off as I always do by saying good luck. Godspeed. And above all, please remember, it's your fed life. Make it a great one because you deserve it. Stay well, everybody. We are out. Bye-bye. Thank you.